0: The most important thing when it comes to assertiveness is to seek to understand what the other person is pointing out and excavate it together. And that's where people miss the nuance and assertiveness. They miss the exploration. They miss the maturity. They miss the leadership. They miss the collaboration. They miss all the good stuff, thinking that assertiveness is just about being right and showing people that you're right. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you're new here, I'm Jess. I'm the host of this podcast and I'm a career and leadership coach for women. I had a career in the nine to five space where I struggled with my voice. I struggled with my confidence. I felt very insecure about my capabilities and I went on my own journey of doing the inner work and the professional development to really find my voice, find my confidence. And I created this show to help other women who are at some point along that journey feel less alone to give you the tools to find your voice and hopefully become a leader and have whatever career path and whatever position you want. I believe it is all available to you. If you're willing to be really committed and you're willing to do the inner work and you're willing to have a ton of grit and a ton of heart, there's nothing that you can't attain professionally. Everything is on the table for you, everything is possible for you. And one of my goals is to really help you believe that and see that so you can go after it. And today I'm going into part two on my two-part series on assertiveness. So in part one, I walked you through why assertiveness can feel so hard and the relationship between assertiveness and your own inner confidence and why sometimes we use a lack of assertiveness and people-pleasing to overcompensate for a lack of confidence. And in today's episode, I'm getting into the, okay, so what do I do? how do I navigate a conversation where I need to be assertive and I need to defend my point of view and someone is challenging me or giving me feedback or telling me that I'm wrong and I need to be in that conversation and express my perspective and not always agree with everything that everyone is saying. Being super agreeable Unfortunately, even though it's a habit that we often fall back on when we aren't feeling confident or when we're trying to be liked by other people, it's not the best quality for a leader. This doesn't mean that you don't want to be open-minded. It doesn't mean that you don't want to be collaborative. But agreeable, trying to exist to agree and please others regardless of your true opinion, is not something that will help you step into your most effective work as a leader. And so that's why this is so important. That's why this matters so much. In part one, I walked through why the skill of assertiveness is so essential for reaching your next level professionally. And today, we're getting a little bit into the how. Before I dive into the how, I wanted to invite you to check out the Art of Speaking Up Academy because it is open for enrollment. So it will be open for enrollment for the next couple of weeks. And if this is your first time hearing about it, the Art of Speaking Up Academy is a six-month group program where you will be guided by me and you'll be in an intimate group of women who have similar goals as you, similar struggles as you, And I will be helping you master the foundational communication skills that you need to be super effective in meetings. And we will also be doing the inner work on mindset and confidence to help you feel badass and powerful in the meeting room and in your career. My goal for you in this program is to be able to enter into meeting rooms without being nervous about how you're going to express yourself without feeling like you don't know how to articulate your ideas, without feeling like all of these meetings are going by and you're not participating and you're missing opportunities to step up and lead. The goal is to put an end to all of those and replace those with best in class communication skills, really strong leadership and newfound confidence so that when you're in meetings, you are showing up and speaking as a leader and you are feeling amazing and sounding amazing so that your leaders, your bosses, the people around you really recognize you as having high potential and as being someone who is capable of doing more. This is my goal for you, and you can check out the Academy and learn more about it, and you can view the entire curriculum if you go to justguzzitcoaching.com slash Academy. This program is perfect for you if you're wanting deeper professional development a more sophisticated communication toolkit, and if you're wanting to feel badass and powerful AF. That is going to be a big part of the work we do together, helping you learn how to move past the hump of lacking confidence and into a space of owning your power and commanding a room. I will drop the link below and you can go to my website, jessicasacoaching.com slash academy to learn more. I would love to see you inside. And now we're going to talk about assertiveness. I was thinking about how to explain this to you in a non-boring way, because to be totally honest, a lot of professional development stuff, like when we get down to like the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty, it gets pretty boring. Like if, you, if you're in like a typical professional development training of like how to be a good communicator, how to do this or how to do that, it's so boring. It I, this was one of the reasons I started this show and why I love doing like my corporate work and my workshops. And now I have the Artist Speaking Up Academy, is because I want to take the boring and make it way less boring because it doesn't have to be that way. But the way that I want to make this more visual for you, more easy to understand, is I want you to imagine that an assertive conversation is you wanting to build a sandcastle on the beach. And I'm going to walk you through this sandcastle analogy and paint this picture for you in your minds for you to imagine. And then I'm going to explain to you what it means. And I think this is going to help give you a really robust roadmap to feel like you know what you're doing in conversations when it comes time to have an assertive voice. So here's how I want you to think about it. I want you to imagine that whatever it is you have to convince your coworkers of or whatever thing you have to be assertive about at work is you deciding a spot on the beach to build a sandcastle. So you have to convince your coworkers that the spot that you're choosing for the sandcastle is the best spot. So that's what we're starting with. That is the task. So I want you to imagine the beach, like let's go there together. Let's go to the beach together, right? I want you to imagine the waves, the sound of the waves crashing, Maybe there's some seagulls going, (laughs) I bet you my seagull sounds are ruining the image, right? Maybe I'll just just leave those to the imagination. But maybe there's some bird sounds. Maybe there's some really thin clouds in the sky and you're on a big, wide beach. You can imagine the feeling of the sand and you're looking around and it is your job to find a spot to build the sandcastle. So you find a spot and you've chosen that spot for a very specific reason. Just like when you have an opinion at work or something you're sharing or something you're putting forth that someone else challenges, there's a reason you chose it, right? So I want you to imagine that you have chosen this spot for the sandcastle. And it is time for you to communicate that to your coworkers. Maybe there's some leaders in the group. Maybe your boss is part of that group. And you need to get them on board because they're going to be building the sandcastle with you. So they need to agree that this is the spot. And part of your job duties is picking the spot. So you got to pick the spot, tell them, and everyone needs to agree so that you can build the sandcastle. This is how a lot of things happen at work, right? You have a job that you need to do. But in order to do it, you need to get a bunch of other people on board. So this is not an unlikely scenario. Now, of course, you're probably not building sandcastles. If you are very curious what your job is, definitely want to hear more about it. Maybe I should have gone down that career path because that sounds way cooler than some of the things that I did and I did some pretty cool things. But anyway, this is something that you do have to do in your job. Okay, now here's what I want you to imagine. You pick a spot and you're thinking this is the perfect spot for the sandcastle. We're in the shade. This spot is going to stay shaded throughout the afternoon even as the sun begins to move. We're just far enough from the water that it's unlikely to disrupt the sandcastle, but we're close enough to the water that we if we need to fill buckets with water so we can wet the sand, we're close enough to get towards the water and we won't have to run so far back and forth. So you tell your colleagues, all right everyone, I have picked the spot for the sandcastle, we are going to build it right over here. And you show them the spot. Now, I've created a fictional character called Challenging Charlie, who's the person that challenges your suggestion. So Challenging Charlie says, this isn't a good spot for the sandcastle, period. Now, hearing this suggestion from Charlie, who has told you that this is not a good spot when you believe it is, you looked at that entire beach, you looked everywhere, and this is the spot you chose. You think it's the right spot, and challenging Charlie is telling you that he doesn't think that it's the right spot. This is the moment where the skill of assertiveness has now become relevant because you have been challenged by challenging Charlie, right? What most people Think assertiveness is, and it is not this. So, this is not correct. I don't want you to do this. What most people think it is, is challenging Charlie says this isn't a good spot for the sandcastle. And then you say, Yes, it is. This is the best spot for the sandcastle because we're in the shade and the sun is going to move and we'll still be in the shade and the water isn't going to overtake us. And if we're too close to the water, then our whole sandcastle might collapse. But if we're too far, it'll take us too long. This is the perfect spot. Charlie, why are you challenging me? That is not what you want to do. And that is what most people think assertiveness is. This isn't assertiveness. And so don't worry, you don't have to do that. And in fact, When I share with you what you actually have to do, you might feel a sense of relief and you might feel like, oh my God, that's so much easier. That's so much better. That's so much less weird. That's so much less defensive, right? And so, what you actually want to do is you want to have a talk with Charlie, a discussion with Charlie. The first thing that I want you to do is before you share any of your thoughts, any of your opinions, before you defend anything, ask challenging Charlie, can you share a little bit more? This is a magic phrase. Can you share a little bit more? That's all you have to say. That's it. That's the whole phrase. Can you share a little bit more? Boom. Done. Silence. Silence invites the other person to speak. And I want you to imagine in this sandcastle situation, Charlie says, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you why. So this spot There's a box under the sand. There's like a big box. I don't know what it is. Like, is it a box? Is it like a scary coffin? I don't know, but there's something right under the sand on this spot that you picked. So we will not be building on sand. We will be building on top of a solid object, and that's going to compromise the integrity of the castle. Now, you ask Charlie, after you hear this, how do you know? Like, how do you know that's true? Right. And I want you to notice you have not defended your perspective yet. You are not even talking about your perspective. You're asking Charlie about his perspective. And Charlie, in response to your question, points to something that's poking out of the sand. There's like a little, it looks like the corner of a box. There's like a little black corner pointing out of the sand. And Charlie's like, look, there's something in the sand. That means there's something big under here. And if we build the sandcastle here, then it's going to collapse because there's not sand underneath this. We're like building on top of this solid object. Now, this is where the work is and this is where the hard part is and the important part is. Your next job is you are no longer enemies with Charlie. Charlie is no longer challenging Charlie. He is cheerful Charlie, because the next thing that needs to happen is you need to proverbially be hand in hand with Charlie to try to explore and excavate the concern that Charlie has raised. And in this sandcastle example, you are literally excavating. So what you would say is, "Hmm, Charlie, I see the corner. I see. I see what you're pointing to. It does look like there's a solid object." in in the sand. What if we let's look at it together. Let's dig. Let's see how big it is. And Charlie's like cool. And so you invite Charlie in and you start together digging off the sand to figure out what this thing is. And you dig and you dig and you dig and you find that it's actually not as big as it seems and you pull out this like maybe it's a piece of black cardboard. You pull it out of the sand. And Charlie's like, oh, I guess, like, I guess it wasn't as big as I thought it was. And then at that point, you can say, I guess not. And is it helpful if I walk you through my logic for picking this spot? Now, I also wanna offer you that you could invite cheerful Charlie to come dig and excavate with you. And you might find that Charlie is right. You might find that there's a massive, solid object under the sand that is preventing you from building a sandcastle. And at that point, you might be really thankful to Charlie. And he's no longer challenging Charlie. He's cheerful Charlie because he helped you avoid starting a project and building a sandcastle on a shaky foundation where it would have collapsed. He just saved you so much wasted time and he actually helped you be more successful. But whether that solid object poking out of the sand turns out to be a large box or something small, like whether you can build the sand castle on there or not, the most important thing when it comes to assertiveness is to seek to understand what the other person is pointing out and excavate it together. Just like you invited Charlie to dig with you and dig around the little black corner that was poking out so that the two of you together could figure out what was beneath the sand, that is exactly what you want to do in a conversation where someone is challenging you. And this is what a lot of people get wrong. They think that being assertive is about defending your perspective and about telling the other person that you're right and about being so strong in the room and putting it forth in the room. But someone who's actually strong and actually confident has the bravery to navigate with Charlie, doesn't feel threatened by Charlie, is being collaborative with Charlie and is determined to get to the best possible solution. Which means that when someone points something out to you or asks you a question about your work, it is as if Charlie is saying, we can't build the sandcastle here. And before you answer Charlie, you need to ask why. You you can't make a decision about the sandcastle until you understand why. And asking why demonstrates enormous maturity and a very sophisticated level of being able to navigate a hard conversation. That's why you ask the question of, can you share a little bit more? At that point, the person in the conversation will probably do something similar to what Charlie did on the beach, which is they're going to point out the solid object that's poking out of the ground. And once they explain to you why they're challenging you, oh, I see a solid object poking out of the ground. I don't think we can build the sandcastle here. Oh, your timeline says eight weeks. I've done this before. It takes 16 weeks. Oh, the way that you're explaining this doesn't make sense to me and I feel lost. Whatever it is that they're pointing out to you, your job is then to invite them just like you dug in the sand, just like you excavated in the sand, just like you and Charlie Dug together to get that solid object out of the sand to see what it is, you want to invite that person to dig with you, which means you need to understand the thing that they're pointing out. And you're not just asking them to defend themselves. You're not just asking Charlie to figure out on his own if there's a solid object in the ground. You're inviting Charlie into a conversation where you excavate it together right? This is a much higher level of maturity, a much higher level of collaboration. It goes beyond defensiveness. It goes beyond needing to get right. And it demonstrates your ability to be in challenging projects, challenging situations, challenging conversations with people and to rise to the occasion and to be with them in finding the solution. This is what executives do. This is what CEOs do. This is what leaders do. They don't blindly defend their perspective. And I don't even think that's something that you would ever want to do either, right? And that's good news because it isn't just about being right. Absolutely, if you excavate with the person and you discover after that excavation that your perspective still holds true, you absolutely want to walk them through your logic and walk them through your thinking. But the ability to navigate it with them, not only helps both of you get to a better solution, but it strengthens your relationship with them. And it shows everyone around you that you can navigate challenging things and defend your work and iterate your work and receive feedback on your work at a very sophisticated and mature level. Now, This doesn't mean that when Charlie tells you you picked the wrong place for the castle that you don't feel a bad feeling. It doesn't mean your imposter syndrome isn't triggered. It doesn't mean your insecurities aren't triggered. It doesn't mean you don't feel a bad feeling in your body. All of those things can be true. And you get to practice, like I talked about in part one, riding the wave. And this is perfect for the sandcastle analogy, right? Because whatever you feel in that moment, however scary it feels, All you have to do is be able to ride the wave and ask Charlie to share more. And once Charlie or your coworker or whoever it is points out what they're seeing, why they're disagreeing, why they're telling you that you're wrong, then you invite them to dig with you together. Let's look at this together. What's here? What is this? Why do you think we need more time? What about this isn't feeling right for you? You're in that conversation together and you come to your conclusion together. This is the agent that is going to help Charlie or whoever your stakeholder is get on board because you dug together, because you were in it as a team, because you didn't just shut them down and shove your perspective down their throat. When you do uncover the solid object and you realize that it's not that big and you realize you can build the sandcastle there, Charlie's going to be that much more on board with you Versus if you were just like, screw you, Charlie, I'm right. This is the best spot, right? And that's where people miss the nuance and assertiveness. They miss the exploration. They miss the maturity. They miss the leadership. They miss the collaboration. They miss all the good stuff. Thinking that assertiveness is just about being right and showing people that you're right. And sure. Maybe you are right, and maybe at the end of the conversation, you're going to show Charlie you're right, but Charlie is going to be way more accepting of it, and I guarantee you that when you end up building the sandcastle with Charlie, he's going to participate way more and be way more helpful because you went through that process with him. So the takeaway here for you and what I would want you to practice here is whenever you get challenged, just have your default response be, can you share a little bit more? That's all you have to say. And as they share more, if there's more that needs to be uncovered, if it still doesn't make sense, if you're still not seeing their perspective, if it's like that box poking out at the beach and you still need to dig, keep digging with them, ask questions. And you can even invite them in, just like you invited Charlie to dig with you. You can say, can we explore this together a little bit more? I want to hear what you're saying, right? So you're really inviting them in. So remember, can you share a little bit more? and then dig at the thing that's poking out of the sand together with them. And through that digging, that is going to help lead you both together to the right conclusion, which may be that your original point of view is correct. Now, there's more here, right? And I'm realizing I probably have to do more episodes on assertiveness because I want to talk more about emotion and tone, which really matters when it comes to assertiveness and specific language. But I'm gonna leave you with this for now to keep this simple, to keep this actionable, to keep this bite-sized. Always ask your stakeholder to share a little bit more and then invite them to excavate their perspective with you together before you conclude that your original perspective is best. And if you do conclude that it's best, that is the moment where you do the quote-unquote asserting. I hope that you found this helpful, and I really encourage you to hold this in your back pocket and try this out. If you're like me and you don't have the best memory, then just remember this one thing. Can you share a little bit more? That phrase can accelerate your communication skills and like get you to like ninja level in a room all on its own. I think often we like to think these things are really, really complicated, but so much of the power in becoming a strong communicator in commanding a room in speaking as a leader is in the simplicity, which I absolutely love. Thank you so much for tuning into part two. I'm going to drop my Instagram and my contact info below if you want to get in touch. And I'm going to drop the link for the Art of Speaking Up Academy. I would love to have you join me inside the Academy if you want more of this type of professional development content. And if you are ready to stop all of the habits that are keeping you small, right? The second guessing, the overthinking, the questioning, the mind chatter, all the stuff that's going on in your head during meetings that is getting in the way of you bringing out your talent and bringing your genius to the surface. The goal of the Art of Speaking Up Academy is to help you clear that fog so you can show up decisively, confidently and powerfully in meetings and be the person who communicates and executes in meetings at the highest level. I am so pumped for this program. I'm sure you can tell because so much of what it means to be a powerful communicator and what it means to build confidence really comes back to leadership and helping you evolve into a leader. And there is nothing that I enjoy more than helping women become these powerful, impactful leaders. I will drop the link to the program down in the show notes. If you visit the page, you'll find the curriculum and more information on the program. It is six months long and we get started in January. I can't wait for it. I'm so excited. I will be back next week with a really fun episode on mindset, which I think you'll enjoy. I'm sharing some stuff that comes up a lot in my one-on-one client work, which means it's probably coming up with you as well. And maybe you are a client, in which case it's definitely coming up with you because it's probably coming up in our work. And I hope you have a beautiful day, a beautiful week, and I will catch you next week. Bye.